Good morning. Spring has sprung. It's a good thing. I've got blossoms on my fruit trees. That's how I know spring is springing. Um, it's a great time of the year to remind us, really, of the new life that the Lord Jesus brought. Um, he, he, this is Palm Sunday, as Alex mentioned. That's the day that uh, we, we remember Jesus entering Jerusalem to the palm leaves uh, honoring him as he came into the city on, on a Sunday, first day of the week. And then by Friday, everything had turned against him. He was crucified on that Friday. And then on the Sunday, Easter, he rose from the dead to give us new life. And so I, I think it's great that all of that happened in the spring, and uh, we, we celebrate new life as well at this time of year. So glad you're here. We're going to dig in. We're wrapping up a series today called Living in the Zone, and we've been looking at this zone of blessing that, that exists, and you find it in Scripture. It actually has boundaries. There's ways, there is a way that you get into it. There are specific ways that you move toward the heart of it, and we've been looking at that over the last few weeks. The first week, we saw how faith is the way that you get into the zone. You step into the zone through faith. You trust God. You trust the Lord, trust the Lord Jesus enough to obey him. That's that you cross the boundary into the zone. And God, God brings his blessing as you do that. The second week, we looked at faithfulness. How that, that moves you to the core of the zone. That's, that's at the heart of the zone. Faithfulness with the resources, the things that God has provided you. Um, we, we are stewards of the, the things. God made us. He gave us, um, our, our money, he gave us our, our houses, our possessions, he gave us our relationships, he gave us uh, our gifts and abilities and talents, and we steward these things. And particularly that week, we looked at how our finances are a test as to how we're going to steward those and handle those and manage them that God gives. And as we handle those faithfully more and more, we experience God's blessing. In in the midst of that. And then last week we talked about relationships, how um, our our relationships uh, in in them, actually our relationships determine how good life is, really, don't they? I mean, when relationships are bad, people we love, things aren't going well, that that is a real bummer. And so we looked at how the blessing zone, in the blessing zone, you set your heart to make peace. And you get things cleared up when they're messed up in relationships. That's on the heart of God. That's what he did in Jesus Christ. We, we had decided to go our own way, to walk away from God. And he came after us in the person of Jesus Christ. He was born into this world. He lived a perfect life. He died his death to be raised on, on the third day so that we could be reconciled to God, so that we could be in, in a relationship with him again. And so um, that, that's, that's important to God. It's on his heart that we make peace. That's what Jesus did for us. And so we, as his followers, do the same thing. We set our heart to make peace. And then today, we're going to look at how blessing is found as you take your place in the body of Christ, in the church body that, that he's given us to, to be a part of. 
when you come to Christ, that is, when you turn around from going your own way and you decide to live his way, when you, when you turn your life over to him, there are different images that the New Testament, that the Bible uses to picture a new reality that is for you. Uh, one of those is that you become a child of God. John 1 says that when you receive Christ and you believe in his name, you are given the right to become a child of God. You're given the power, and you enter into his family. That's one of the pictures. We're part of the family. I don't know if you've heard the phrase, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. That's true of our spiritual family as well. God's putting this body together called Church in the Valley, and he's putting other churches together, and he's bringing people into his universal body, all the believers in the world and whoever have come to him, and we're a family. We're children of God. We, we become his, his people, his family. He's our father. Another picture is that we're priests. And that's, that's all through the New Testament. You see that we're priests. And what that means is we're given direct access to God. We don't have to go through anybody else, any other man or woman. We, we have direct access to God that was earned for us. By Jesus' death on the cross. We, we can go to any time. We can turn to him through what Jesus did for us. And then today, we're going to primarily look at a third image that you find in the Bible, which is we become a member of the body of Christ. Actually, when you, when you give your life to follow Christ, he, the picture is you're immersed into this family and you become a part of the body of Christ. Um, and it's not like you're a member of uh, an exclusive club where your name has to be on the list to get in. You become a, a body part, a member of the body, a part of the body who has a role to play. And, and you take your place. As you take your place in the body, as you find out how God wants to use all of your experiences, all of your talents and abilities, and then as he gives you what the Bible calls spiritual gifts, you, you experience his blessing more and more as you learn your role and as you take your, your role and as you play the part God has given you in his body. So the zone of blessing is found inside the body of Christ. And there are two, two ways that this this word body of Christ or this idea of church shows up, but God has you a, a place for you in it. And he blesses you when he take, when you take your place, God created a spiritual organism called the church, the body of Christ. And he made you and I a member of it. First Corinthians twelve twenty seven. Now you are the body of Christ and each of you is a part of it. Now, this includes all Christians who have ever decided to follow Christ through the centuries. And that's, that's the universal church. That's everybody who has ever committed themselves to follow Christ and everybody who will. That, in theological terms, for, you know, for your just information, is the universal church. That, the word church, the body of Christ, is used four times that way in the New Testament. There's only four. Every other time church is mentioned, it refers to a local body of believers or a local church. That, that's the sense. And so 
The idea you get in the New Testament is that we're to be connected to a local group or a local church. Because the, the, the church, the body of Christ, it always shows up in the clothes of a specific group. It's not like you just in general can be floating around and detached. It always shows up in the clothing of, like our clothes, Church in the Valley. We have a certain style. We have a certain way of doing things. And we're the body of Christ that God is putting together in a very unique way here in this place. For now, in this building, we meet on Sundays. But, but he's putting together this body. It's a spiritual reality that isn't really contained in these walls. It isn't really contained in a building. It's this body that he's putting together. And there, there, there are uh, two kinds of bodies that you see. And we, we have a relationship with Christian Challenge Group at USC. And that's what happens is God works through like local churches. And then teams of people tend to go out and, and land where local churches wouldn't fit very well. And they're the church on that place like Challenge works on the campus at USC, and God, in coordination with what's going on, uh, he, he works through what Neil Melinda and the staff and everybody's pitching in together to do there. And so there are two kinds of things, two ways that the body of Christ shows up and close here in the local church. And in the New Testament, what you find is local churches that got established, they supported and sent out these teams to sort of be... Um, uh, to, to, who could fit in the different ways. Like we send teams of people overseas to go into other cultures. And, and so anyway, there's two kinds. It always shows up in the clothing of a group. And the assumption in the New Testament is that you're connected to a local group and you're contributing to that local group. And in doing that, as you connect and you contribute, you find the blessing of God. Like a finger that's functioning, you hardly notice the finger that's functioning, but when you smash it, you realize it's not. And if we detach or if we don't function, then the whole body begins to feel it. And that's that's the way God's designed. That's a spiritual reality that goes beyond the organization that you see. It's an organism that's behind what's going on here at, at CIB. So God, if you've come to know Christ, God put you in the body, and he determined which part of the body you will be. He, he determines which part you'll be. 1 Corinthians 12 says, The human body has many parts, but the, part, the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. And so he's, God had Paul point this out. It's ridiculous for a body part to say to another body part, they're not needed or one's more important than the other. We tend to think individualistically in America. We don't think as a body. We tend to think when we come to Christ, it's Jesus and me, God and me. It's between me and him. But it's really Jesus and us as we live out the life that God has called us to live together. It's, it's all of us in a body, and you, you become a part of the body. 
And God made you and I a certain part of the body. I mean, we, we, we want to pick our role for ourselves many times. We want to pick our spot. And, uh, you know, we don't necessarily want to be a foot or a toe. If we want to be a toe, we want to be the big toe. You know, but we, we don't really want to be a foot because it's covered in a sock and it's covered in a shoe and, you know, it gets stinky down there. We don't, that, we want to choose. I don't know if I want, I don't want to be a foot. I'd much rather be a finger or an eye or an ear or a mouth or something. I would like to be something different, but what you find in scripture is when you come to Christ, God, God makes you a certain part of the body. And, and that's, that's the reality. We tend to have a dream for what we'd like to do and what we do, want to do. And I, I don't want to throw water on that because it's in pursuing that, to, you know, the, the things that you want to do that you find out whether you're gifted at doing them or not. And so I'd pursue them, uh, but pursue them realizing that God has determined which part of the body you and I will be. God's also determined the gifts that will help you fulfill the role that he wants you to play. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other, 1 Corinthians says. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Now, all of us have talents and abilities um, before we come to Christ. But what you find in Scripture is once you commit your life to follow Christ, you receive a spiritual gift which is a gift that's given that you don't unwrap and use for yourself, but it's a gift that's given to use to serve people in the body. And there are different lists of gifts in the New Testament, things like um, being a prophet, which means that in a given situation, a prophet is able to speak God's word, and everybody goes, wow, that's right. That's, a great, that's the right perspective. That's directly from God. Or a teaching gift. Everybody is commanded to teach. Everybody is commanded to share God's word. But some people are gifted at it. And when they do it, lights go on. And you realize, wow, God is speaking through them. He's teaching through them. Some people have the gift of serving. They are motivated to serve. And when they serve, people experience God's love in a way that people who don't have the gift, they don't necessarily experience it. Or, or and they're not motivated in the same way. For instance, me, I don't have the gift of serving. I'm commanded to serve, so I serve. But I feel it when I serve, much more than somebody with the gift, because when they're serving, man, they're motivated. You know, God's, God's really gifted them that way, and it makes, makes a difference. So he's gifted you and I to play a role in, in the body, and we play it well. And it's important to realize that we discover and don't demand our role. In the body, it's something that we discover. You you discover your gifts as you get involved, as you engage in what the church is doing, in what the group of believers is doing that you're a part of. You begin to realize, wow, I'm motivated to do that, and I'm motivated in a way that others aren't. And at the same time, when I when I serve or when I share Christ, there's a gift of evangelism. It means just sharing the good news with people. Everybody. In, in the body of Christ is commanded to invite people to Christ and help them come to know him. But some people are really motivated and effective at it in ways that others aren't. They have the gift. And they pull, some, they pull the rest of us along sometimes. 
as they do as they do what God has given them the gifting to do. But we discover this in the in the group in the body as we serve together. We begin to realize, wow, God's gifted me that way. And there's affirmation from the people. Listen to Romans twelve three through six. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Make sure that you don't wrap your heart and begin to demand that God give you a certain gift or a certain role in the group you're a part of. Make sure that you move forward to discover what God has gifted you to do and the role that he wants you to play. I'd like to show a clip. It's kind of a fun little clip from a movie, Waiting for Guffman. And it shows a guy who has some ideas about his own abilities in, in acting. And I'd like to watch it and then debrief on it a little bit. Here, here's the clip. I, I love to make people laugh, and I've been doing it since, you know, school. People ask me, were you, uh, you know, were you, were, you must have been the class clown. And I say, uh, no, I wasn't. But I sat beside the class clown, and I, I studied him and, uh, and saw how he made people laugh. And, and so I picked some things up, and, uh, you know, and at parties and family functions, I, I have to say uh, I love, you know, breaking people up. So there's a thing that I think I got a, a, an entertaining bug from my grandfather, uh, Chaim Prolgut, who was very, very big in the uh, Yiddish uh, theater back in New York. He was in the the very, the sardonically irreverent Dibbik Schmibbik, I Said More Ham. And that review, I believe, was 1914, and that review is what made him famous. Incidentally, the song Bobby Made a Kishka came from that review. My My father bless him, brought me into the, into the business. This was his dental practice uh, before. And I joke with my wife that, uh, you know, at that point, that's when the, uh, the money started uh, rolling in, you know. Brave making more wampum to buy pelts. <laughs> One happy squaw in wigwam, happy as mongoose. That uh, is, of course, from Johnny Carson, who uh, one of my uh, heroes in a very funny bit. Okay, now there, there's a guy. <laughs> he thinks he's funny. And he's going to go, what's happening in this movie is they're throwing a town, they're putting on a town play, and everybody's going to audition for the play. He, he thinks he's funny. And I would encourage him to go try out, but to try out with an open hand realizes that he might not get the part that he wants. And, and that's how we discover. You know, we've got ideas. We've got things we think about ourselves. Um, when we actually try it out, we, we verify, we confirm our gifting and our abilities by the feedback we get.
Now, in in America, we we really hesitate to give honest feedback. Like he's a middle-aged man; he still thinks he's funny. You know, he still thinks his impression of Johnny Carson is good. Because nobody has had the, the guts to tell him it's not. And so what we've got to do as we go through life and as we handle ourselves, one thing I've done is I've paid attention to the feedback I get, the, the encouragement I get, and the things that people don't say. People, things that people don't say, that gives me a clue as to maybe some uh, what I'm not gifted at, where I need to get help, where I need to lean on some other people. And so we have to decipher many times for ourselves. And we want to set our heart to discover how we're gifted, not to demand our gifting or our role that God wants us to play in the body. God's, God's blessing is found as we take our place in the body and do our part. If we don't take our place in the body, we miss out on some things, quite a few things that are very, very important. Um, we, we, we miss out on, first of all, the will of God, because it's his will. In fact, it's a reality that when you come to Christ, you become a part of a body, and your growth and everything is tied to being attached to the body, all the nourishment. Listen to Colossians 2. He's lost connection with the heads, referring to a guy, the group of people who have disconnected from the body. He lost connection from, the, from, the whole, from whom the whole body supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. Picture in this verse is what we've been talking about. You're connected. This is a reference to a local body, a local group or church, and you're a functioning part of that body. As you function, as you serve, as you connect, you, you grow. This is God's intent. This is where the blessing is by being a part of this body of Christ. Like a finger, we're connected. You know, the fingers are connected to one another by ligaments and sinews and stuff. That's what the passage says. The hand is integrated. It functions together. Injure your thumb, and you realize how important your thumb is because you can't button things, and you can't do the things that you normally do, and it's bothersome. All the parts of the body are important. We're all important. We have a role to play. Make a fist, and the hand can make more impact than it can, you know, without being in a fist. So if we're not in a body, we miss out on the will of God. God intends this. He wants us to be connected. And, and we also miss out on the framework that makes us effective. Ephesians 4.16, some of the more same kind of language. From him, the whole body, talk about Christ again. Joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. As we work together, we're, we're more effective than when we're alone. A violin is a beautiful instrument. If somebody really knows how to play it, they play it well, it's a beautiful instrument. But if, if, if you play it alone, it doesn't have the power and it's not as majestic as if it's played in a concert of violins and other stringed instruments. There's, there's majesty to that. Together there's more impact, more power than there is apart. Uh, God wants us connected and contributing in a local body of believers. And we want you, we try to help people who come around Church Valley figure out how they can be connected. We want to encourage you 
to be connecting and to get connected at your own pace. We never try to push you along in any way. But it's also important to realize that that's where the blessing is. The blessing is in being connected. So that's something God intends as you come around and become a part. That's where the blessing and the growth is found in being connected. If you don't connect, you miss out on the refreshment cycle as well and the help that's there. There's a lot of help in the body. Uh, Ephesians 4, 9 through 10 says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Uh, we were sharing in our growth group this week. We are talking about membership, being committed to uh, the body and, you know, joining and all that. And one of the things that the guy says, we're saying is that one of the, one, the, one of the real benefits of being a part of the body is when you have to move, you've got tons of help. <laughs> and, and they were talking about how, you know, they move, and the person moving doesn't hardly have to pick up a box because there's such an army. He's having to direct everybody as to where to put the boxes and everything, and whoosh, it comes through. There, boy, one person, one family, that's a grind. But with a whole army of people, boom. That's, that's a picture of what we're talking about in this verse. With the whole army, things are, are, are easier. There's refreshment in that boy. You're dreading. One guy said, you know, he moved, had his house set up, the beds were set up, everything by noon on Saturday. They just started that morning. And that, that is, that's a refreshment because you dread that. I hate to move, personally. That's, I'd rather have a fork in my eye than have to move. <laughs> Proverbs 11.25, a generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. I was drying up this week. I'll, I'll be honest. I was drying up, and I've learned when I'm starting to dry up and just don't feel like there's anything else to come out of the faucet, I ask God for help. God, would you bring refreshment? Would you motivate me? Would you help me? Would you bring refreshment? Over the course of two or three days, at first it was sort of like a trickle. I got, I got bursts of refreshment, and then whoosh, the waterfall came. If you'll depend on God, if you're a part of the body, many times he brings refreshment through the others in the body. As you get together, you know, sometimes you just kind of drag yourself into a meeting or getting around people, and, and God just blesses you in the midst of being connected to the body. So you miss that. You miss the refreshment cycle, and you also miss the adventure God intends. A friend of mine says, fingers don't go on adventures, bodies do. I personally found that funny. First service didn't laugh either. But I, I found it funny. Fingers don't go on an adventure, bodies do. As a body, you know, we've been able to see God do things through all of us that he can't do through one of us or two of us. It's fun to watch. I was just talking to somebody the other day. You say, you know, I got to tell you, when we did the Christmas offering, that was that was motivating. That was a lot of fun because we set some goals. We said, hey, we're going to do this. It's going to go three places. It's going to go to Central Asia to help with an internet connection there that uh, people need to do the work that they're doing there. It's going to go to Huntington Beach to help uh, 
a church there, and then it's going to go different places all over the world. We raised a little over $18,000 to go different places. Now, I don't have $18,000 to give, but it's fun for us, sort of like a barn raising, you know, to pitch in and watch what God can do through all of us as we pitch in to do it. That's That's fun. There's been different things like this in the life of our church. A few years ago, we launched a church in Orangecrest. Uh, that's an area of Riverside, a, brand, a kind of a newer area. We sent out some key people, and many went out to support and help what's going on there, actually to help with some preview services and some other things they were doing. We've been out there to help, and the people who have stepped up and filled the gap here have had a part. All of us have had a part in what's going on in Orangecrest. We get a little piece of the action of the extension of the kingdom, and that's it's fun to watch. I always tell Josh, who's the pastor, he was on staff here, I say it's it's uh, excruciating for you, but fun for me. <laughs> He's the one that took all the risk, but we get a little part of that. I'd like to show you uh, a clip from a video that they showed at their uh, so their one-year celebration from having worship. They've been there more than that, longer than that. But this is from their one-year anniversary. It's about three minutes, just stories of people who've been blessed by the church. I'd like to show you the little clip. How has OCC affected my life? In the shortest answer, it's given me a reason to live again. Yeah. live by example, and the example, in fact, it was the single biggest reason that I came to Christ, was seeing how the people at OCC truly did live the Word. People at OCC have helped me better connect with God by just being a part of my life and teaching me His ways, and they've not only helped me connect with God, but they've helped me, you know, realize who God was and his plan for us and me going through the decision process of making him the boss of my life. They were there for me. And then after I made that decision, you know, they just talked with me about him and and who he was and who Jesus was. My situation has improved so much because of the friendships, the people, the emptiness that I had before I met everybody here was astounding. You know, nobody prepared me for this latter part of my life. All the success in the world is, is fleeting if you don't have a family. And that structure fell through for me. The people have really impacted my life by living what they preach and living by example. It's been huge for me. And, and even more than that, they became family. They, in fact, I would say that most of the people there are just like them. I've had a saying that I've had the most of my life, and it's, it's you'll know your family when you meet them. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's, it's and pretty then, accurate. And at OCC, you will meet them. They've just been there for me, and really, you know, when I need them or, you know, need structure in my life, you know, I can always call 
people from OCC and talk with them, and they're always there for me. With the help of Christ, Josh, everyone at OCC, I think I found a home. And I don't mean to, to, to put this in, in negative terms. I've always been afraid of, of dying alone, and I, I, I'm not afraid of that anymore. Now I'm just trying to become a better person. Now I'm just trying to become the person that that Jesus Christ wants me to become. So I want to thank everybody for giving me that opportunity to feel part of the family. It's a great picture of the adventure and what God intends from a body of believers. Each, every one of those folks in the in the video, they didn't know the Lord before. The church landed there and planted, and they came to know him. If we're not a part of the body, we miss out on the adventure. We miss out on that stuff. We also miss out on the point of life. Jesus said it very succinctly in Mark Mark 10. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Even by his example, we learn status. And being served is not the issue, not the main thing, it's not the goal, but serving and giving is what it's all about. Acts 20, Paul says, In everything I did, I showed you by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself, it is more blessed to give than to receive. If we don't serve and give, then we miss. We miss the point of life. We miss what it's all about. Faithful stewardship of our gifts brings God's blessing into our lives. First Peter four, ten through eleven. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks with the gift, speaking, teaching, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves another gift, serving, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Uh, God gives gifts for us to use to bless others. As we steward our gifts and our other resources and we serve and give, we, we find God's blessing in that as we connect to the body of Christ. Many times we tend to look past, we, we don't look past this life. We tend to ignore eternity and refuse to look past, but this life is just the front porch of what God intends for us in eternity. It's just the front porch. It's just beginning. If you come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, he intends for you and I to give, to serve, and to build for the future on into eternity. Look at 1 Corinthians 3. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, His work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. We have an opportunity to build for eternity by the way we live our lives. We connect, we serve, we give. We, we love one another. And in the doing of that, God brings his blessing now and on through eternity. Life's not going to be perfect. We're going to have trouble. We're going to struggle. We're going to have hassles. 
But in the midst of the trouble is the blessing of God. It's real. It's there. And we experience more and more of life as God intended it to be. Uh, we're going to wrap up the message. We're going to take our offering or receive our offering in a few minutes. And I'd like to <clears throat> offer some next steps that you may want to take as a result of hearing this message this morning. First of all, maybe you want to memorize 1 Peter 4.10 to remind you to use your gifts to serve others. And then we have uh, also Discover classes. We have Discover 101, Discover 201, and Discover 301. And these are classes that you can take, and they're built on one another. So you go to 101, you sign a covenant and make a commitment, and then you can go to 201, do the same thing, sign a commitment, and then go to 301. But they help us. What those classes are designed to do is to help you learn what the body is intended to be by God, how we are put together as a body, and then how you can grow, 201, and then how you are gifted and shaped to serve uniquely in the body as God's given you experiences that he doesn't want to waste, as he's given you the motivations that you have and the personality and the abilities and the gifts, the spiritual gifts. And so uh, you, you may, we have Discover CIV is going on today from 1 to 5, as Alex said. You may want to check that out. It's right here. We'll have lunch for you. Uh, and then we don't have them scheduled, but if enough people are interested, would like to go to spiritual Discover Spiritual Growth, which is 201, or Discover My Shape, we will put that on the calendar soon and offer that. And then as we've talked, maybe in your heart you've been drawn to commit your life to follow Christ, and that could be a decision that you make today. That could be a step you take. For the first time, I will follow Christ as Lord. Let's go to him in prayer. Father, we thank you for the guidance you give in the word and how you really want to bless us. And you have, it's not a mystery, you have clearly shown us how to live a life before you that brings your blessing on us. Thank you for your grace that it's not about walking some kind of tightrope, but it's about learning more and more about you and developing our walk and our relationship with you, and then moving toward the heart of that zone by your power and grace and the help that you give. And so, Father, thank you for the blessing that we have and for the instruction that you've given us this morning through your word. Give us the power, I pray, to step out to follow you in, in the ways that you've, you've called us to. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.